God, open our ears to hear your words and open our hearts to know your steadfast love. Our first scripture reading is Psalm 66, 8 through 20. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. Who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip? For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows, those that my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fatlings. With the smoke of the sacrifice of rams, I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Come in here, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for me. I cried aloud to him, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly God has listened. He has given heed to the words of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Thank you, Luke. Our second scripture reading today, we continue on with the book of uh, John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. This uh, is the text that immediately follows uh, last week's um, text on uh, how Christ makes a home for us, goes ahead of us. Let's continue to hear his teaching from the book of John. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be with you. We will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but, I will see, but you will see me because I live in you. You also live. On that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. They who have my... They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. The Gospel of our Lord. Let's pray. God, may we know that abiding presence of your Spirit in us. Your presence with the Father that we also feel extended to us as your people. Lord, may that spirit of truth awaken us today. May it bring us hope and that we could hold on to this promise of your coming reign as we wait but a little longer. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. So in this season of Easter, we have been looking at the ways that Jesus brings about the resurrection life and imparts it upon us, those who follow him, and sends us out into the world as people who have come to know that life ourselves. We are sent to share it 
to live it. The resurrection life is not something that is far off. It's not some distant horizon to be reached someday. The resurrection life is what we live now. We are given the resurrection life as a people set free from the pain of death's finality. Death no longer holds the victory. In the resurrection life, these last few weeks, we've found abundance, vision, welcome, and a home. These are the foundations we stand upon. The way of Jesus that we live invites us into a radical security and peace that we can find nowhere else. But then I have to ask, why are we still weary? Why do we struggle? Why does death still, still seem to reign? Why do we feel orphaned? We have to be honest, the world does not seem much aligned to the resurrection life a lot of the time. People die and we don't know why. We lose what we've longed for, our security, our jobs, our hopes, and instead we face seemingly inescapable sorrows of a world spinning madly on. It is directly to this anxiety that Jesus speaks in our passage today. Jesus shares this promise with his disciples before his death. He's foretelling what they are going to be sustained by after he is gone. Remember last week, Jesus promised in these preceding verses to make a home and a place for us. Let's pick up where we left off there and imagine that we have settled down into that home with him. There's safety and security in the place that we have been uh, welcomed into in the resurrection life. But then he starts talking about how he's going to go away. And we must want to say, well, wait, wait a second, hold on, what's this about? I'm reminded of times when my parents left me or my sister home alone. I remember the thrill of independence, certainly. But I also remember the dread and wonder of who was going to take care of me if an emergency occurred. My parents, however, were thorough and thoughtful and always left me with instructions and phone numbers and people to call. They would say, remember, you can always call Beverly next door. And there's the numbers for grandma and grandpa. They only live a couple miles away. And here's the, best, here's the number of your best friend's house and their parents too. Don't worry, they said. If you need, there are others, other advocates, people who care about you, who will promise to lend a hand. This, is, this feels like how Jesus addresses the anxieties of his followers. Don't worry. Listen, I'll talk to God and we'll make sure that you're cared for. In fact, more than cared for, you will be given a gift of an advocate, a parakletos, a helper with you always. The promise was meant to sustain the disciples and all of us who follow in the way of Jesus with a peace and a power that we carry into the world with us. As people formed in the loving way of Jesus and his commandments, 
we hold this promised one in us. Like the image of God we were reminded about last week, we carry with us the Spirit of God. Actually, a better way to put it was, would be that the Spirit carries us. The Spirit is given to the followers of Jesus' way as an advocate, helper, and guide, not as a passive force, but an active presence of quickening, empowering love. Now you may say, sure, this promise sounds great, but we feel pretty orphaned still these days. A promise left unfulfilled is not the greatest promise. It sounds a lot more like lip service. And I would say, yes, totally, that is absolutely fair. We do feel orphaned and abandoned a lot of the time. We feel loneliness and pain, sorrow and heartache. And it's also totally fair to recognize that we feel joy and hope and exhilaration of the Spirit's presence at other times. I'm comforted by the way Jesus explains how this is all going to work in verses 18 through 21. He explains he will not leave us orphaned and is coming. In a little while, he'll be gone, but we will see him living in us, living in each other. And on that day, as he says, we will know Jesus is with the Father. I say that I'm comforted because the tense here speaks of a time yet to come. Surely, removed by 2,000 years from these words, we'd like to say, well, shouldn't Jesus have come already? And shouldn't we feel this active presence of the Spirit all the time? We feel orphaned still. Thank you very much. But the tense here speaks of a yet-to-come in the sense of this promise. The Christian way has always wrestled with this promise that is yet to come. We are a people of hope, and we long for that day of Christ's promise to be realized. And yet, we are also a people who have come to understand how God works in this very moment. The Spirit does arrive. We do encounter the joyful and quickening presence. So what are we to make of all of this? Is it a promise for the future or a promise for today? Is Jesus with us like he promised, or do we still await his arrival? The faithful answer to those either-or questions is yes. Yes, the Spirit is already with us, as promised, and yet we await the arrival of God's presence in its fullest form. People of God, we are a people of the already and the not yet. We have been a people who wrestle with the tension of the promise of the resurrection life and how it is both with us and not yet realized. This is a mark of the Christian way. We embrace the tension of life which lacks permanence and yet promises eternity. We are a people who hold joy with sorrow, not one for the exclusion of the other. We are a people who abide in the in-between. This can be a bit of a 
philosophical conundrum. How do we reconcile the promises of God that are not yet fulfilled? How are we supposed to make sense of this while we're just sitting here waiting? The beauty here is that because of this tension at the heart of our participation in the resurrection life, we are a people equipped to live with the complexities and tensions of the world. You've probably noticed that each week I'm trying to find ways for us to map these aspects of the resurrection life onto the trouble of global pandemic and all its impact. So here's, and here's what I'm thinking this week, especially in light of the promise of the resurrection life. Because we have this tension of the already and the not yet built into our way of life, into how we follow after Jesus, we are all the more equipped to hold the terrible tension of living in this pandemic. We see the hope of a vaccine somewhere down the road on the, or on the horizon, but not yet. And we live in hopeful reality that healing is taking place and the impact of quarantine measures are stabilizing life in the here and now. As followers of Jesus, when we embrace the tension of the already and the not yet, or the promises that we long for, we are formed. Our hearts and minds are formed in a way that allows us to hold that tension with a world filled with joy and sorrow. We are prepared for this, people. Even when what we are engaging in is something that we could never be truly prepared for. We are a people equipped to hold a beautiful tension. Jesus closes his teaching on the promise of the Holy Spirit with a, a further fleshing out of that promise later in this chapter. He says in verse 25, I've said these things to you while I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us be on our way. The final word I want to leave us with today is the reminder of living in the commandments and the way of Jesus. When we practice hope, love, mercy, forgiveness, compassion, and justice in the way of Jesus, it forms us. 
When we practice the commandments, they tune our hearts. They bring comfort amidst the tension and a madly spinning world. We practice our faith together, not to achieve something, but to be a people who can live in relationship with the tension, with the sorrow, with the words of, how long, O Lord? And so, my friends, today, we're going to continue to keep meeting together, keep praying together, keep following Jesus' command to love our neighbor and love our enemy. And we will do this with the help of the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who is going to accompany us in these places of tension and beauty. What grace this is. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we ask that you would settle your presence of your spirit upon us, that it would ease our anxieties and our wearisome hearts. And Lord, that your spirit would then send us into our world to be able to hold the beautiful tension of your love and grace amidst all of the darkness and sadness and death. We trust that you are coming to be with us and yet already are with us. We pray that we would know that more deeply in our bones today as we participate in your resurrection life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.